Hello and welcome to another Perugia podcast. I'm Shabores, your host. Very excited about today's guest. Uh, he is the Provincial Superior of the Marian Fathers, and he is none other than Father Chris Ayler, who joins me from the United States. Right now, we're going to learn about his faith journey and, and announce an exciting uh, visit to Australia. Uh, let's talk about that right now. Hello, Father Chris. How are you doing? Hi, Charbel. It's an honor to be here, and I'm getting excited and ready to come to visit Australia. <clears throat> I've had uh, our communities had a lot of support from all of you down there, and um, I'm excited to be coming on May 27th and staying until uh, June the 5th and so of this year. And so we're super excited uh, for anybody around Brisbane or Sydney or um, Melbourne or Perth, anywhere in those areas, we're going to be uh, coming to you. So we're excited. It's very, yeah, it is a national tour. You're really covering all of our states, uh, Adelaide included. Uh, Hobart, and Tasmania. And, Tasmania. and Tas Tasmania too. That's right. That's amazing. Uh, we're very excited. A lot of work has gone into this and uh, and, you know, great work by John Canavan at uh, Divine Mercy Australia and the, and the, and the team at Perugia. We've been excited to be able to see you come and can't wait for, for that visit. Um, yes. All the webs, yeah, so all the information, uh, Father, for anyone who wants to register or, or get just to turn up, uh, they just have to go to uh, either two websites, either our own website, perusiamedia.com, and they'll see the big banner uh, of yourself. Otherwise, they go to uh, Divine Mercy com.au divinemercy.com.au and all the information's there so um, very excited about it and it's it's yeah, been a long time coming it'll show you where i'm going to be what what churches what times and i'd love to meet you personally uh to all of you viewers um i've been a huge fan of australia ever since they supported the united states in world war ii and uh it's just yes. been a great ally and um, uh, important ally, especially standing up now with, with uh, some of the aggression from some other countries now in Asia. Now uh, uh, Australia is a big friend and a big, big ally. So we want to support you guys. Yeah, praise God. Thank you. Well, I do want to get to know a bit about yourself, uh, Father. It's your first time on this uh, podcast, and it might be nice. Uh, I'd love for people to learn about who the Marians are, the message of divine mercy, but can we start a little bit about yourself personally? Like if Father Chris Allen, were you uh, a cradle Catholic? Uh, are you a convert? What was your upbringing like? Um, can we just get to know a bit about yourself personally um, to begin with? Yeah, I'm, uh, I am a cradle Catholic, but we weren't really practicing. There's no priest in the history of my family. Um, nice. We were Sunday Catholics at best, an hour a week. And even then, my dad would get in arguments with people in the parking lot of the church. So it was, it was not, uh, uh, you know, we, we did some basic prayers like at meals or before bed, but that was about it. Uh, the faith was not a huge part of our lives, even though we were faithful uh, for the most part as a family. Um, uh, I went on um, to, uh, I come from a military family, so I was going to I was going to become a pilot in the uh, United States military, but God changed direction. And um, praise be to God, he shoo showed me another way despite my stubbornness and, and planning my own path. But um, after that, I, I became an engineer. Um, I got my engineering degree. Then I went on and got my master's degree in business from Michigan, University of Michigan, and um, was lucky enough to live in North Carolina after I left Detroit, uh, Detroit, Michigan, and I went down to North Carolina, started a business, 
um, in early 2000s, and it went extremely well. We were blessed, and um, I was engaged to be married, had wow. a beautiful fiance, had a dog, uh, yeah. multiple homes, a home right on the lake, Lake Norman in North Carolina, had multiple cars, uh, just on paper, everything a guy could ask for, was planning on uh, marrying uh, this this lady, this, this this nice lady, and um, but there was something going on, and I couldn't quite figure it out. And God just kept calling me and calling me, and I started coming back to my faith. And ironically, it was the uh, tragedy of the suicide of my grandmother that mm. um, really, and I can see this the book over your shoulder, your left shoulder yes. there, uh, Charmel. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it's bittersweet. That book right now is the number one selling book in Ireland and uh, nonfiction, number one nonfiction book. At least it was a couple of weeks ago. It may not be now. Uh, I did a conference in Ireland. We had about 10,000 people wow. and what they are struggling with, uh, suicide and uh, depression and, um, you know, anxiety is, is, is tremendous. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> after this suicide of my grandmother, um, I thought the church condemned and and all souls that took their life were destined to hell. And I kind of stayed away from the church because of that. And then I had a miraculous experience with a priest in North Carolina that taught me the divine mercy of God and specifically the chaplet of divine mercy, that there was hope for her salvation and there was hope for her uh, to uh, still go to heaven, even though she took her own life, which was contrary to anything I had ever heard as a Catholic. Yes. And it so captivated me that I started me, it started me on my faith journey to really learn what the Catholic Church taught. And all of a sudden, all the things that I had heard from non-Catholics, I found out were false. We don't worship Mary. We don't yeah. worship statues. We don't worship the saints. Um, you know, we we are not a man-made religion. Um, we are, you know, all these things were false. We did not slaughter millions of people in the Crusades. We did not slaughter uh, in the Inquisition. Um, yeah. You know, we we did not. We were not the bully in the Crusades. Uh, all the things I had learned and heard. Uh, I found out were false. And that's why Bishop um, Fulton Sheen said it so well. He said, millions of people hate what they think is the Catholic Church, yeah. but only a few, if any, hate what is actually the Catholic Church. Oh. And so I started coming back to my faith. I found a great church in Huntersville, North Carolina, St. Mark's. I started getting involved in Bible study, started getting involved in mass, not only Sunday mass, I started going to daily mass, which I never thought would happen. And the whole time I'm planning on getting married. <laughs> so it was, um, it was a tough decision. And then I, I had to make that decision uh, between marriage and, um, and the priesthood and, and, uh, when I did, the first few years were were, were very difficult. Uh, God had to purify me and detach me uh, from this person and from the 
the way of the world that I had followed. And once that happened, it took three years after making the decision to come to the Marian Fathers. But now I can't imagine doing anything else. I can't even imagine not being a priest. I love my priesthood. Um, it is uh, something I thank God for every single day. Praise be God. Wow. I, um, I wonder how that, the, the journey with the idea of, of, of the priesthood. Um, so you came back to your faith first, got in love with, what was your faith like then? Did you, um, uh, you know, when you said you started going mass every day, you started to, did that relationship also change as, a, as an engaged uh, couple? What was, well, um, I, you know, I, also I join you or? I did something I would never, ever recommend to anybody. Okay. I was told by many people, if you're going to discern the priesthood, stop dating. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest, um, I tried to hedge my bets with God because mm-hmm. I, I told God, you understand, Lord, I can't stop dating her because if you're not calling me to the priesthood, I don't want to lose her. Um, she was so beautiful and smart that if I broke it off for two years to discern, she would have been gone. There would have been a line of guys uh, quite long to to uh, to date her. So I um, I hedged with God and said, "I'm gonna, you understand? Because if you're not calling me to the priesthood, I don't want to lose her." And I made the huge mistake of uh, continuing the relationship. So that made it a little more difficult yes. uh, when I had then decided to go, but you know, God, God is amazing. Um, after I was with the Marians for three years, I decided to leave. Actually, few people know this. Nice. I actually left uh, seminary and went back to North Carolina and we got back together and wow. it was better than ever. And I was not going to leave her again, but then she acknowledged. And I'm so grateful that she did that. She believed that God spoke to her in prayer that I was called to the priesthood. So with her blessing, uh, then I came as a free man. I came in, in total freedom uh, to be able to uh, then focus on the priesthood. And I've never looked back after that because the first time I came, I didn't have freedom. I was still yeah. tied to her. Now, after she released me and, and gave me her blessing and knew that it was God's will, uh, everything changed and I've become on fire and can't imagine uh, not being a priest. Praise be to God. Wow. Um, what, what, um, th- this is a big, there's so much there. I mean, we've, we've touched on suicide, we've touched on discernment here. Um, but uh, I know I, I discerned 20 years ago myself, priesthood or marriage life, and uh, was in the seminary. And it was the difficult part was actually um, which, how, what type of priest. So was it a monk? Was it a, uh, a secular priest was it uh, in the Maronite right in my case was it uh, the Roman right was it uh, traditional was it I mean it, it was really torn what drew you to the Marian fathers so were you you know normally people just go to the diocesan seminary what made you think about the Marian fathers 100% learning about divine mercy and the suicide of my grandmother wow. um, that we could have a God so loving so merciful so um so loving that even in the biggest sin, such as suicide, God's mercy is so great that there's, there's hope for her salvation. That blew me away that 
that that knocked me for a loop like I can't explain. And it it it, it changed everything because I remember saying to the priest that if we have a God this loving and this merciful, I I need to spend my life dedicated to spreading this. Well, that's how I ended up at the Marian Fathers because they are the order that was chosen by God to spread divine mercy. Praise the two God. spiritual weapons of our times are Mary and divine mercy. Those in the garden after the fall, what did God do? He gave the promise of a savior. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus, divine mercy. And the gift of a mother, that's Mary. And those two spiritual weapons, Mary and Jesus, the divine mercy, are the two spiritual weapons of our times. And that is what the Marian Fathers are all about. No other community in the world focuses on those two together, yet separate than um, the Marian Fathers. They're, yeah. they're the key. And, you know, you can't make a wrong choice in your vocation. Even if I would have chosen marriage, Jesus would not have abandoned me or condemned me at my judgment saying, you blew it. God meets you where you're at. And so even if I would have chosen marriage, God would have said, fine, that's fine. But now be the best husband and father that you can be. Yes. If I chose the priesthood, our Lord said, beautiful. Now be the best priest, the best faithful priest that you can be. And, you know, it's funny as Matthew Kelly's from your country there in, in right. uh, Australia. I always laugh. I like him, so this is not meant to be criticism, but I can sum up all of Matthew Kelly's books in one sentence. <laughs> be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah. Basically, that, that that's we discover Catholicism, the entire book is just that. Yeah. Uh, be the best version of yourself that you can be. And and so if you make the choice uh, to, to get married, be the best husband and father you can be. If you answer God's call to the priesthood, be the most faithful and best priest you can be. Amen. I love it. Um, Marian Fathers. Interesting, it's Marian Fathers, not Divine Mercy Fathers, because of a lot of A lot of people confuse us with the Fathers of Mercy. Yes, and uh, yes. they're out of Kentucky. Great group, by the way. Yes. I know those guys well. They're fabulous. But we are the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. And people ask, how then or why are you the guys that are in charge of Divine Mercy or entrusted with divine mercy. Very simple. God's greatest act of mercy ever bestowed on a creature is the immaculate conception. And he wanted this to be under the mantle of Mary. And so how more perfect than the Marian fathers, we are the first community in the world to bear the title immaculate conception. We are the first ones in the world. So if God's greatest act of mercy ever bestowed on a creature's immaculate conception, it made sense that God picked the order that was the first order in the world to have the title, the immaculate conception. Wow. Can we learn a bit about the Marians then? When did it start? Do you have just a basic history of, about this order? Yeah, we were founded in 1670. Our founder is a canonized saint, Stanislaus Papczynski, that uh, is from Poland uh, that's an interesting fact too, because I just we just had our show on EWTN this evening, um, and uh, it's called Living Divine Mercy, 
and um, it plays around the world. So I think it's also down there in Australia. Yes, absolutely. But uh, it is. Um, it was a show we did tonight about how Divine Mercy got spread around the world. And it was by the Marian fathers after Jesus gave it to St. Faustina. It was given to us to spread around the world. And what's amazing about that is Jesus said that to prepare the world for my final coming, a spark will come from Poland to prepare the world for my final coming. Now we ask, what, what was that spark that Jesus said would come from Poland to prepare the world for his final coming? We pretty much believe that that spark is divine mercy, which you have right here. Yes. St. Faustina, John Paul II, and the Marian Fathers. We were the first men's community ever founded in Poland. So we are part, I believe fully, we are part of that spark that comes from Poland to prepare the world for Christ's second coming. And along with Faustina, Divine Mercy, and John Paul, um, the history is incredible. So we've been part of that. We were founded in 1670. So we just celebrated our 350th anniversary. Wow. And we are the caretakers um, in the church um, of divine mercy. Praise be to God. Um, and how, um, I'm just thinking right now, the Immaculate Conception, was that, it was defined not that long ago. So was it uh, when you were dedicated? Well, that's to, what makes it amazing. We took the name before it was ever declared a dogma wow, okay. in 1854. Yeah. It was not declared a dogma until 1854, which was two, almost 200 years after we took the name. And so God knew something was going on. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Well, there you go. How, how, how large is the order now? I mean, how many countries is it, is it present? Yeah, we're in 19 countries, about 500 priests and brothers Praise around the God. world. We're in Rwanda, Cameroon and wow. Africa. We're in India. Uh, we're in Brazil and Argentina and South America. We're in the United States, Poland, uh, Italy, um, uh, Kazakhstan, um, uh, so Philippines. So we're, we're quite a, uh, we have quite a good presence. Fantastic. Who knows one day in Australia, New Zealand? <laughs> well, um, I would love to, I, I, I've always had a love for the people I've met from Australia and that's why I'm so excited to come down there that, yeah. uh, you never know what uh, what could happen. Praise be to God. Um, and just uh, just finally, just because so, I want to dive into a bit of divine mercy, but with the Marian, what is a what does a uh, is it like an extra vow you take if you do join? What makes it different? So you have a dedication to Our Lady, Divine Mercy, but how does that look practically in the life of a of a Marian father? What what's different about the way you live? Um, it's the fact that the message of of uh, Divine Mercy is the foundation is trust. Okay. And so when you really look at the diary and the Bible, mm -hmm. the, the key to both is trust. Trust actually goes beyond faith because it's like mercy goes beyond forgiveness. Uh, mercy is the highest form of love. It's, it's when love is put into action. And the basis of mercy is trust, which is faith, a living faith. So I can tell you all day long I have faith or I believe in God. Well, the devil's believed in God. Yes. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, faith is just belief isn't enough. Um, Satan believes in God. 
So it's not enough to just say, I have faith or I believe. You got to put that into action. You got to, you got to live that faith. And that's the definition of trust. Trust is a living faith. When I put my faith into action, just like mercy is when I put love into action. So the theological virtues, uh, faith, hope, and love, when that is put into action, we have something greater. When faith is put into action, we have trust. When hope is put into uh, action, we have belief. And when love is put into action, we have mercy. And, and that's, that's the greatest of all. Beautiful. So are you in parishes? Are you in uh, Yeah, we uh, have parishes. Yeah, we have parishes uh, here in the United States in uh, Chicago area, Wisconsin area. Um, and so, we are, you know, those, those are places, too, where our Marian priests are, um, are stationed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. If anyone wants to know more about the Marian Fathers, where can they go? What's the main website for that? Yeah, uh, please visit uh, thedivinemercy.org. That's okay. all one word. But you, gotta, you can't forget the the. So the. T-H-E, <laughs> the, divine mercy, one word, dot org. Okay. We'll put, we'll put a link in the description as well uh, Thank for you. that. Now, you, you've written a book, uh, Father, um, Understanding Divine Mercy. So I've got it in my hand right here. Um, this is a great overview, uh, very simple to follow. And yes. I wanted to, and this will be available in Australia, those people. Uh, the great news is uh, no more international shipping. It's going to be locally produced. So in, in the same price you would pay in America, you'd pay in Australia and no shipping. So that's quite exciting, finally. Um, but about this book, about the message of Divine Mercy and some people, there are some misconceptions out there, which is interesting. Uh, you think, why would anyone have a, a problem with divine mercy? But there seems to be some groups of people that just might think they don't understand it. Uh, they've got something against this idea of divine. Do, have you come across many of these people? Have you come across where, why would someone uh, not like divine mercy? Why would someone be against divine mercy? There's two reasons. Uh, one is the incomplete understanding of the ban that mm-hmm. was placed by the Holy See back in 1959. That ban was not because Sister Faustina's writings were heretical or anything like that. The ban only came because there was a faulty translation. Okay. She wrote in Polish. She only had three years of education. She, her grammar was terrible. She used no punctuation. And when it was translated into Italian, the translation got all um, messed up and it didn't make sense. Like, for instance, one part, the translation said, Faustina said, I am the divine mercy. Me, St. Faustina. She never said that. Now, if that's what the translation said, the church should have banned it because that's obviously incorrect. But when they finally fixed the translation and got to the true words of St. Faustina, the ban was lifted in 1979. So anybody who points to it was banned, uh, it's, it, you have to understand the full, the full story. Okay. The second is people think mercy means there's no accountability and there is no justice and it's all a free-for-all. Um, Everything's a license. No, that is not divine mercy. That's presumption of divine mm. mercy, which is a very serious sin. Um, 
Divine mercy does not leave justice. Divine mercy is justice. Because the greater the sinner, the greater the right to God's mercy. Justice is giving someone their due. If two soldiers are on the battlefield and one has a hangnail and the other shot bleeding to death, who has the right to the one doctor? The one bleeding to death. Yeah. Not the one with a hangnail. And so the sinner is the one bleeding to death. And so it, by God's justice, the greater the sinner, the greater right to his mercy. That's misunderstood. People believe that, oh, that means I can carry on a, uh, you know, a sinful lifestyle. I can do whatever I want. God's mercy is too great. He'll never send me to hell. No, God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself. Mm. Because... The only way to hell is if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin and presumption, meaning, oh, I could do whatever I want. I don't care. God's mercy is so great. That's a misunderstanding of mercy. That's false mercy. God still holds us accountable. But if we are sorry, truly repentant, and, and go to confession and say we're sorry, and truly try to mend our lives, God will have mercy on us. Yes. But if we just say, oh, I could do whatever I want, I don't have to worry about it. No, that's presumption. So I, I think that's the other big reason why there's a misunderstanding about divine mercy. It's, it's not a license. Uh, remember, uh, freedom is not being able to do whatever you want to do. Freedom is the ability to do what you ought to do. Like worship on a Sunday in a church without the doors locked because of COVID mm -hmm. or something like that. But that is, 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 is freedom. License is the ability to do whatever you want. And everyone agrees license is not. A society will fall apart if everything's allowed. If there's no yeah. rules, there's no laws, that's true license, then, then there's chaos. That's and right. so um, God is not giving us license here. He's giving us an opportunity to repent and to start again, as the Gospels say. So that's where the misunderstanding of, um, of uh, uh, mercy comes in. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Can we... Um can we just a, a very quick overview, I guess, uh, for those who um, don't know anything about it? I mean, Divine Mercy Sunday is coming up. Um, this is a big day. It's now an official part of the uh, liturgical calendar now in the in the, in the church. Um, could we touch about uh, how this all started? Uh, it, you know, uh, Saint Faustina um, and the image of Divine Mercy, the message of Divine Mercy. We've got the chaplet. We've got all these things. Where did all, where did this all begin? Well, actually. Mercy goes all the way back to the beginning, um, to the beginning of mankind, to Adam and Eve. The thing that makes divine mercy so unique is it's people always say, well, Father, devotions are optional in the Catholic Church. Therefore, yeah. divine yeah. mercy is optional. Actually, divine mercy is not just a devotion. Divine mercy is both a message and a devotion. Mm. The message of divine mercy goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. The message of divine mercy... Uh, Pope Benedict said is the heart of the gospel, the nucleus of the gospel. And 
Why? Because after Adam and Eve fell, God could have crushed them. Um, you know, he had every right to crush them, but he didn't. Um, and, and the message of mercy was seen right after the fall. Um, you know, the Bible tells us we have to do three things to get to heaven. And if you, if you don't have all three of these, you will not get to heaven. You got to have all three. And it starts with A, B, C. So A is ask for God's mercy. You have to ask for forgiveness from God or you don't make it to heaven. Um, you got to be repentant. You got to ask for mercy. So A, ask for mercy. B is be merciful to others. That's the whole message of Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. Uh, C is completely trust in God's mercy. And that is necessary because Jesus told St. Faustina, you know, we know from the Bible, we don't get to heaven without grace. And Jesus told St. Faustina that the, the, the vessel by which all grace is received is trust. So we must trust, which is a living faith. And B, be merciful to each other. Jesus, God said, uh, you know, when I was hungry, you didn't give me food. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. In prison, you didn't visit me. Away with you into the eternal fire. Not just fire, mm -hmm. eternal fire. So we know we don't get to heaven without the ABCs. A, ask for God's mercy. B, be merciful to each other. And C, completely trust in God's mercy. Now, what's unique is that's the message of divine mercy. That has been around since the beginning of time. We don't get to heaven without it. We must be merciful. We must trust in mercy. We must ask for mercy. And again, Saint uh, or, uh, Pope Benedict said it's the nucleus of the gospel. So God's been trying to give us this message of mercy ever since Adam and Eve. Mm. Saints after saints, prophets, century after century, God's been trying to give us this message of mercy. He's called up many great prophets to teach us. We don't listen. So century after century, God's been trying to give us this message of mercy. ABC. Ask for his mercy. Be merciful to each other. Completely trust in his mercy. And we don't listen. So finally he gets to the 20th century and he basically says, that's it. I'm done. Now, God's never done. He, he doesn't ever write us off. But basically he said, that's it. I'm done. How do we know this? Because he said, you, St. Faustina, who was a little Polish nun in the 1930s, he said, you, St. Faustina, will prepare the world for my final coming. And um. so <clears throat> he basically said, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I've, I've given everything I can. I've given all the public revelation, which was ended with the death of the last apostle. He's given treasure trove of private revelation through Mary, like at Lourdes and Fatima. And finally, he raises up the saint. And he says, you, St. Faustina, will be my apostle of divine mercy. So he gave her five new channels of grace. And we call this the devotion of divine mercy. And it can be remembered, as my book says, with the acronym Finch, F-I-N-C-H. Mm -hmm. F is the feast of divine mercy. 
I is the image of divine mercy. N is the novena of divine mercy. C is the chaplet of divine mercy. And H is the hour of mercy. Three o'clock. And so Jesus gave Faustina these five new channels of grace. Feast, the image, the novena, the chaplet, and the hour. And Faustina's like, well, wait a minute. We already have this divine mercy thing. And he goes, but nobody knows about it. And so Jesus gave these five new channels of grace to St. Faustina that we call the devotion of divine mercy to spread around the world, like praying the chaplet or going to the feast or gazing upon the image. Mm. Why did he give that? So that we would live a stronger message of divine mercy. It's kind of like practice and game time. The practice mm-hmm. is the devotion of divine mercy. We practice, we pray the Im- uh, in front of the image, we pray the novena, we pray the chaplet, we go to the feast. That's like the practice. And then that strengthens us to live the message of mercy, ABC. And if we live the message of mercy, ABC, we'll get to heaven. And that's why God called St. Faustina and all of us and the most important one of the whole five is the feast. And that's what we got coming up. Yes. The feast of divine mercy is so critically important that Jesus makes many promises through it. So that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's, how, that's how divine mercy came to be. Thank you. So uh, when did St. Faustina uh, die? So, uh, October 1938. Okay, okay. And how long, um, I guess, because uh, she's written a diary, the, the, the Diary of Divine Mercy of, of St. Faustina. How many, was it a, the time frame, I guess, from when she first had uh, Jesus appear to her or speak to her? Uh, did that yeah. happen over a series of... Jesus of, of first appeared to her on February 22nd, 1931, where okay. he revealed the image to her and told her to paint the pattern that she saw here. That, that was February 22nd, 1931. She died and Jesus appeared to her all the way up to her death on October the 5th, 1938. Okay, seven years. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And right between the world wars. Um, yes. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, can we uh, talk about then uh, uh, just a couple of these things? So let's, the Feast of Divine Mercy, Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, so what, what is Divine Mercy Sunday and what are we re- required to do? And what, what do you, yeah, what, what's this it all about? Is, this is probably the most in-depth part of any description of Divine Mercy, but it's the most fruitful and the most amazing. And I hope that people will pick up the book because yeah. I do a much better job explaining yeah. it in the book, uh, Understanding mm-hmm. Divine Mercy, which you can get, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, is it uh, through the Perusia website? Is that right, mm-hmm. Charbel? That's right, yes. And, 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 and um, divinemercy.com.au um, as well. So both, both yes. websites. So divinemercy.com.au. The whole aspect of, uh, of divine mercy is, um, is captured in the feast. Um, this is something that um, the world needs to know. And Jesus said, it'll be the last hope for sinners. Because there's something on that day that he promises now, we start with when is Divine Mercy? It's actually the Sunday after Easter. And yes. he did not allow it to be any other day. It has to be this day. Now, why is that? Well, 
in the Jewish tradition, when a feast was so big and so important that they couldn't celebrate it in one day, they would celebrate it over eight days and they called it an octave. Mm -hmm. So an octave um, was a big feast and a celebration of a particular event, a particular feast that stretched over eight days. Now, this is critically important because the octave of Easter uh, begins on Easter Sunday. So Easter Sunday is day one of the Easter octave. We celebrate octaves in Christmas. We celebrate the Easter octave. So divine, uh, I'm sorry, Easter Sunday is day one of the Easter octave. Yeah. So you have Easter Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the eighth day, Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, Jesus said it had to be on the eighth day. Why? This is fascinating. Why not the seventh day? Because that's the perfect number to the Jews. Jesus said, no, it has to be on the eighth day. Why? Because while seven is the perfect number, it, it, it's a number that refers to time, creation. But the number eight to the Jews represented eternity. So yeah. Jesus wanted this feast to be on the eighth day, which represents eternity. What does that mean? It means when we end our life. Our, our life is spent um, in this pilgrimage uh, on earth. And when we die, we enter into eternity. So that's the eighth day. So... We live the first seven days symbolically in time. We live the first seven days in this earth or on this earth. Yeah. And then there comes a time when we die. And we enter into the eighth day, which is eternity. Now, here's the thing. The church fathers always taught when we die, Christ comes for us. He will come as what the church fathers call the groom. And our faith is always taught Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride. Well, who makes up the church? We do. And so we're the bride. Now, when you die, you're going to meet your groom. And he comes for you. Just like a Catholic wedding, the groom is there waiting and the bride comes to him. And what did every Jewish man <clears throat> want his bride to be before marrying her? Spotless. Spotless. Every Jewish man wanted his wife to be pure and spotless before taking her home to meet his mother and his father. So Jesus was a Jew. He wants us, as our, his bride, to be spotless before taking us home to meet Mary, his mother, and God the Father. The problem is, when most of us die and we go into that eternity, we're not going to be spotless. Mm. Even if you've been to confession, that wipes away the sins. Sins are forgiven, but our sins have consequences. That even if I sinned and I went to confession, I may have some temporal punishment yet remaining on my soul. Yes. I may still have to um, atone 
Oh, Father, Jesus did it all. No, Jesus did all the forgiveness. But if, if you steal $1,000 from me, I can forgive you. But you just don't get to keep the money and spend it. That's right. You either got to give it back or give me something equivalent. You have to atone for what you took. Even though I've forgiven you. That's where divine mercy people misunderstand. The divine mercy is not false mercy. It's not God saying, okay, I forgive you, and now you can go. What did he tell the, the uh, adulteress? I forgive you, I don't condemn you, but go sin no more. Yes. And so on this gift of the eight day, he wants us spotless, that we don't have just no sin, which has been forgiven a confessional, but we don't have any consequences of the sin left either. All the punishment that's due for our sins is gone too. It's kind of like, I've always used this analogy, the boy who plays baseball in the yard after his dad said not to, and his dad goes to work, the boy plays baseball and breaks the window, and his dad comes home, and he says, son, I told you not to play baseball in the yard. I knew you were going to break this window. And the son says, I'm sorry, dad. What does the dad do? He says, I forgive you. But he doesn't say you can go play now. You can forget all about it. That's not a good father. Mm. A good father will say, I forgive you. But you're grounded for two weeks and you're going to pay for this out of your allowance. That's what Protestants don't understand. Jesus forgave the breaking of the window. But he is still going to hold you accountable for paying for it, even though he forgave it. You got to atone for the consequences of what your actions are. When you sin, you scar, you, you wound the body of Christ. If you sin, you cut, you, you cut into the body of Christ. And Jesus forgives, which heals the wound. But the scar on the body may still remain. And you got to mm -hmm. take care of that too. So the divine mercy promise from Jesus, which is in 699 of the diary, makes this incredible promise that the soul that has been to confession and you don't have to go on that day. You can go anytime before Divine Mercy Sunday, as long as you're in a state of grace. The soul that's been to confession and receives Holy Communion. Now that does have to be on Divine Mercy Sunday or the vigil the night before. Okay. The soul that goes to confession and receives Holy Communion will be completely wiped clean of not only all sin, but all the punishment that's due for sin. You're no longer grounded, and you don't have to pay for it out of your allowance. God wipes it all away. Why is this important? Um, so you can huge. be spotless when he comes for you on the eighth day. If you have been forgiven of all your sins, but you still haven't atoned, if you still have temporal punishment on your soul, 
you're not ready for heaven. You got to go be purified of that. Now God is giving you a way. People say all the time, gee, if I could just wipe my slate clean, if I could just, mm -hmm. if I could just start over, you can. It's called Divine Mercy Sunday. This one day of the year, Jesus said, the floodgates of mercy are open. This one day of the year, he grants the complete forgiveness of not just sins, which happens every day in the confessional, but also the punishment due for sin, which is not forgiven in the confessional unless you have perfect contrition, which is pretty tough. Mm. So on this eighth day, when you die and you enter into eternity, Christ the groom is going to come for you, his bride. The bride is his church. Who is the church? We are. So Christ will come. Now, is he going to find you spotless, pure, and clean? Or is he going to find you full of stain? If you are full of stain, you got to get cleaned up. And there's two forms of stain. One is sin. How do we clean up sin? Go to confession. The other stain is punishment, the consequences of our sin. How do you clean that up? Divine Mercy Sunday. Because it wipes away both. That way your soul is clean on Divine Mercy Sunday, the eighth day when Jesus comes for you, he's ready to take you as his bride home to meet his mother and his father. Mm. That is what you need to do to prepare. So when you get to confession, and you go to Holy Communion on Divine Mercy Sunday, make a prayer. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, you promised St. Faustina that the soul that has been to confession, I have. And the soul that receives Holy Communion, I just did, will receive the complete forgiveness of not just sin, but all punishment. Lord, please give me this grace. And you are completely spotless. Father Seraphim used to teach, it's like a second baptism. Mm -hmm. Never will your soul be cleaner, ever, than it is, other than your original baptism, than it is on Divine Mercy Sunday. And that's mm -hmm. why it's greater than a plenary indulgence. People say, well, Father, what you just described is a plenary indulgence. The complete forgiveness of sin and the punishment. Yeah, that's true. That is a plenary indulgence. If you meet all four conditions. Mm -hmm. And one of those conditions is you can have no attachment to sin. None. Even vino. Well, I'm still attached to some sins I struggle with. I'm still impatient. I'm still gluttonous. I still fight sometimes impure thoughts. I still have to be purified. And so... Even that is purified when we are forgiven with this promise of Divine Mercy Sunday. That's why a plenary indulgence is not as great because plenary indulgence is you can have no attachment to sin. Divine Mercy Sunday, even the broken sinner who's still addicted to pornography or um, you know, uh, uh, drugs, can receive this grace. Even the most hardened sinner can receive complete cleansing. Now, it doesn't cover the future. It just 
covers up till up till this day. Yes. <laughs> and so once you crawl out of the gutter, try to try to stay out of it. <laughs> Powerful. It's so simple though. When you think about it, if you are a practicing Catholic, if you are going to mass on Sunday, this is just the sacraments. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it going back easy. to the sacraments. Nobody yeah. understands this. It's that easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, so there's no actual requirement then. That, I mean, the additional, it's, these are good to have, but the Divine Mercy um, Chaplet and the Hour of Mercy, uh, that should happen every day, right? Or, or every, um, yeah, that, that's, that's not necessarily that's, the condition for Sunday. For Divine no, Mercy. there is a plenary indulgence offered on that day for somebody who wants to help a holy soul. Remember, the extraordinary promise of Divine Mercy Sunday is only for yourself. Mm, mm. You can't give that for a holy soul or somebody else. It's only for you. So what we tell people is do both. Do the extraordinary promise for yourself, yeah. which is confession and communion, and telling God that I want this grace, I'm going to change my life. But also do a plenary indulgence. There's a plenary indulgence for gazing upon the image. There's a plenary indulgence for praying mm. the chaplet on that day. So do those things and get a plenary indulgence for the Holy Soul. And you'd be full of grace. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So that's the promise that Jesus offers us that nobody's taken advantage of. Wow. And th th this is an amazing gift that nobody knows about. Wow. Can, can we just, uh, I mean, the last five minutes together here, um, there's the novena as well with the with the divine mercy chaplet does now that, that's that one when does that start and and that leads up to divine mercy sunday so why why is that important as well what's the novena about the novena uh, the tradition of novena is nine days mm -hmm. of prayer symbolizing the nine days between ascension and the pentecost where mary and the apostles were in the upper room and then god sent the holy spirit down to um, you know, bring them uh, the breath to, 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 of life to, to, to inflame them with with uh, fortitude and to be able to to um, do God's work. Um, the novena of Divine Mercy starts on Easter, or excuse me, um, on a uh, on a um, Good Friday, and it goes for nine days and it ends the day before Divine Mercy Sunday. Novena is always on the day before the feast day. Yes. And it's so powerful because each day Jesus says to bring another set of souls to him, mm. um, be it schismatics and, um, you know, heretics or lukewarm sinners or priests and religious or the souls of children. He says each day bring a different group of souls to me so that his mercy can then, you know, uh, work its, its fruit um, and justice be met. And, and so when you do that, you're meeting his justice by by offering them to him. Uh, that way his justice is met in the sacrificial offering of you praying the chaplet. That's why when you miss mass, if you miss daily mass, the next best thing you could do is pray a rosary and pray a chaplet and make a spiritual communion because they're like the three parts of the mass. Mm -hmm. The first part of the mass is liturgy of the word. What's the rosary? It's meditation on scripture. It's like liturgy of the word. Second part of mass is liturgy of the Eucharist. Now, what's the liturgy of the Eucharist about? Offering sacrifice. The priest offers sacrifice. So if you miss Mass, pray the rosary. It's like liturgy of the word. 
and pray the chaplet. It's like liturgy of the Eucharist because you're offering sacrifice. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world. You're offering sacrifice. Well, wait a minute, Father. I'm not a priest. You're the priest, Father Chris, not me. Actually, you are a priest. Everyone listening to this is a priest if you've been baptized. When you're baptized, you share the three offices of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. Yes. What does a priest what does do? What's a prophet do? What does a king do? Okay, a prophet teaches. You are to teach in the ways of the Lord by the virtue of your baptism. What is a king? You are a priest. You are, you are prophet. You are king. What does a king do? A king governs. You are to govern other people in the ways of the Lord by virtue of your baptism. And finally, you are a priest. And what does a priest do? Offer sacrifice. So when you pray, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, so you're making sacrifice. You are exercising your common priesthood. So if you miss Mass, pray the rosary. It's like liturgy, the word, meditation on scripture. Pray the chaplet. It's like liturgy of the Eucharist. It's offering sacrifice, and you make a spiritual communion. It's the next best thing. Wow. Never to, heard of that way. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's yes. the next best thing to going to Mass. Fantastic. Now, the chaplet doesn't necessarily be, it's not limited to the nine-day novena. It's, and the no. novena itself is not limited to the Good Friday Divine Mercy. Right. You could say the that divine, any time of the year. The Divine Mercy Novena is between Good Friday and the day before uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. But any time of the year, you can make what's called a Novena of Chaplets. Okay. That means you pray the chaplet for any intention you want for nine consecutive days. If you pray the intentions Jesus gave, that's called the Divine Mercy Novena. Okay. He gave the intentions every day. That's what makes that Novena unique. It's the only Novena we have that we pray for God's intentions. Mm. Not just ours. Could you do but that any wanna, time of the year? You could, you could do the Divine Mercy Novena any time of the year. Okay. But it's traditionally done Good Friday to the day before Divine Mercy Sunday. And you pray each day for what Jesus asked to pray for. Yeah. But that's not a requirement. Any time of the year, you could pray nine days for mm. any intention. Like my brother to come back to the church. That's a Novena of chaplets. Okay. And you could do that's that for me. any intention. I invite listeners to give it a go. I mean, novenas are very powerful and have an intention and, and really take that opportunity. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to thank you so much. Um, I could go on forever and ever here, but uh, just... Oh, I didn't even you, touch the... I haven't even scraped the surface. So hopefully if you're listening, you can pick up the book, Understanding yes. Divine Mercy. I have it all in there. It's an easy read. It takes... You can read it in a day and a half, and it's yeah. very simple. Yeah, you've got the images as well, beautiful images and a great history and a great summary of, of the whole message. So thank you very much for doing this. Um, we're very excited about making it available in Australia and, and for people to get in, uh, their own copy and learning about this very important message. Uh, we can't wait to welcome you to Australia. Um, yeah, it's not long now and uh, we can't wait to see you here and, and see the fruits of that visit. Um, but I also want to... Um, just, uh, I guess, for, for those who don't know much about you yourself, I know I discovered you really on YouTube, <laughs> and a lot of it was uh, through, to be honest, uh, over the last four or five years when, when you had these talks every week, uh, part of the Explaining the Faith series. So yes. can you just quickly, just in closing, uh, how do we get to know about this Explaining the Faith series? Uh, what's yeah, that, what's we, that about? Yeah, we, 
we were shocked um, due to the efforts of Brother Mark, uh, one of our guys here. Um, when COVID hit, people weren't ready. And in just by the providence of God, literally three days before COVID hit, Brother Mark had redone our chapel with new lighting, new sound, new cameras, and we decided that we were going to buy the capability to live stream just in case once or twice a year we wanted to broadcast an ordination or something. Hmm. We had no idea that COVID was going to hit. And once it did, you couldn't buy that equipment because there was such a demand for all the cameras and the video boards and mixers and sound boards and all that. And once COVID started... Um, people, churches were closing. And so people were hungry for hearing about the faith and hearing the church. There was no mass. There was no homilies. There was no nothing. And so I started a series. My favorite time of my whole life was when I was in seminary. Uh, what I learned in seminary was just phenomenal. And I remember sitting there saying, gee, the world needs to know this. If every Catholic knew this stuff, mm. everybody would be Catholic. Yes. And uh, so I, I saved my notes, and uh, I've been working with one of our theologians, Chris Sparks, up here. And we're putting together a, I, I want to go back to seminary. It's the funnest time of my life. And so I'm going back, pulling up my notes, reteaching everything I learned in seminary. But now I'm inviting the people to come with me and learn what I learned in seminary for free. Um, I'm teaching everything I learned in seminary and it, and you can do it from your own home. You can do it for free. And we call it the explaining the faith series. And it's our YouTube channel called divine mercy. So if you go to YouTube and you search the channel divine mercy, or just my name, father, Chris Alar, we've got unbelievable amount. We've already been doing this for almost three years. Yes. I do them every Saturday. So we got like 150, close to 150 of these talks up. And several have millions of views. Um, we got several with millions of views. And the wow. thing that, that, that gets me at one point, we had 140 talks. And 135 of the 140 had over 50,000 views. Most have... 800,000, 700,000, 600,000, 500,000 views. But only five of the first 140 had less than 50,000 views. And so the response has been amazing. Yeah. And, and we cover all kinds of topics, everything I ever learned in seminary. So That's what we, I noticed. Yeah, you covered a we, lot we, of things. It was not just divine mercy. It's, it's, it's pretty yes. much a whole Correct. wide ranging. Yeah. We got talks on we got talks on confession, we got talks on communion, we got talks on Mary, we got talks on suicide, we got talks on euthanasia and end of life issues, we got talks on drug addiction, we got talks on contraception, we got talks on who the Holy Spirit is, we got talks on who God the Father is, we got talks on the Ten Commandments, we got talks on the seven deadly sins. You know, just a amazing range of topics. Wow. Where do you recommend people begin? Can they just go in the YouTube channel, go back? Is, yeah. it, is it like a playlist? You just go way back? Uh, there's a playlist called Explaining the Faith. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, and they're all on there. It. Or to make it even easier, um, you can um, you can get them on Facebook too, but YouTube's probably easiest because we have the, play, the, the playlist called Explaining the Faith. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for doing that. So every Saturday we look forward to it um, and, and, and to keep that going. 
Uh, don't you. stop. You, 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 are you intending on keeping this going indefinitely? As long as God's uh, allowing me to do it. <laughs> awesome. Praise God. Praise God. I want to uh, thank you so much. How many years have you been a priest now? I'm just trying to work it out. Uh, nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Almost yeah. nine. My ninth anniversary is coming up next month. Wow. Praise be to God. Well, uh, please say hi to our other friend. I mean, Father Donald Calloway, he's been to Australia once. Uh, he surfed the uh, <laughs> Please say hello to him and um, remember during the year of St. Joseph that the, the consecration of St. Joseph was very popular and so many people have come to the faith. And he's in the same order as yourself. You yes. guys. As, uh, yeah, together. we're good friends. Yeah. yeah. So please say hello and we're looking forward to coming to see you very soon. Um, so that is May 27 to June 5 uh, in Australia. You're going to be in every major state of the country. Um, we cannot wait to have you. Uh, again, for everyone watching, go to... Uh, divinemercy.com.au or parousiamedia.com and you'll see all the details of this coming up. So cannot wait uh, and come and say hello yeah, and to Father To Chris. everybody out there, please help us spread the word. Yes, uh, we'd love to that. have you and your friends show up. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much uh, again, Father. Um, and please, do you mind giving us a, a blessing as we close? Yes. And Heavenly Father, we ask that um, all the apostolate work of uh, of Perusia Media, the work and the efforts to spread divine mercy be blessed. And to all the viewers, those who are watching here, that God's mercy may be showered upon them. And through the intercession of St. Faustina, Mary, and all the saints, and through the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Chris Ayla, and thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, that's another Perusia podcast. Please pray for the Marian Fathers, and please be ready for Divine Mercy Sunday coming up and uh, and make sure you get out to see Father when he comes. That's another one. Yeah, God don't, bless. Don't, don't miss the grace of Divine Mercy Sunday. Absolutely. Do not. You don't want to miss it. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Until next time, take care.